in the heart of Beer City, USA. Two men, one journey, to create a sports show unlike any other. Unfiltered, raw, and honest. One of them played a soccer goalie opposite Ben Stiller. The other, one scored six points on Steph Curry. These guys know their sh. Let's go! Tank Spencer, Jeremy Green, the Sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets. Low prices, love the savings, and Wicked Weed Brewing. Drink different. And welcome into the Sportsocracy. I'm Tank Spencer. Jeremy Green is alongside, and it is a wonderful, beautiful day in the neighborhood. I and wore we- entirely too many clothes today. <laughs> That is a statement that I never want to hear you say again. Well, I mean, here's the thing. We've been outside all day. We have. We have. We've been down at the Ingles on Smoky Park Highway for the Ingles Magical Christmas Toy Drive, benefiting Eblin Charities St. Nicholas Project, hanging out down there with Josh and Ariel and all the fine folks at Ingles and Melissa Level and uh, Smoking Joe Lasher, who's got a kick kicktail new uh oh it's food fantastic truck. holy smokes and and it produces fantastic food oh, ask me how i know he made some, he made some chicken today that was absolutely amazing they got the stage set up down there they're gonna have live music each and every evening of the toy drive going uh today tomorrow and of course wrapping up on saturday afternoon we'll be back out there tomorrow morning but it was uh it was it, it was shockingly a great day look i can i've been doing the uh toy drive for many many years and i can remember doing it during the uh polar vortex do you remember that oh yeah when I mean, we had that's that sh- what i thought is that it was going to be freezing right and it's 70 degrees outside and this has been it's a it's a beautiful day it's a beautiful day in december and we're glad you're along for the ride with us here in the sportsocracy um 92.9 fm 880 am 1400 and of course heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app this hour of the program as always brought to you by ingles low prices love the savings get in on the youtube stream go to the sportsocracy.com click on the live video link join the house of reprehensibles subscribe to the channel well you have to subscribe to the channel first and then you can join the house of reprehensibles and of course you can share it out with all of your friends um we had a recorded morning show this morning and usually what we do on thursdays we call it threadbare thursdays where you get to just throw out topics for us to talk about and so we're going to do that today on this here program uh we've never tried this before on the radio this is either going to be uh quite conducive which is what we hope or it's going to be a horrid failure which i don't believe it will be we have wonderful people in our chat Mm -hmm. that throw out great questions all the time uh the other thing is that any super chats or anything like that those will be donated to eblin charity saint nicholas project so if you have a question you really want to get in, yep. then that is a way to do that and guarantee that we not only see it, but that we answer it as long as it abides by FCC regulations. Indeed. And in every uh, Super Chat, we'll get this sound. I needed a little more warning oh, Come on. I thought you had it pulled up over there. You were playing it like crazy before the show started. Yeah, that one. That's the one. I didn't know which one you were uh, referring to. I thought you were referring to another one. <laughs> it's the, the button that you said, I'm going to use this today for all the Super Chats. 
I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't. Re- not only do I not remember <laughs> saying that, I don't remember it, it hitting it not once. We got Thursday night football coming up tonight, which means we've got a uh, a green on green that will feature NFL pick. Oh yeah, because we have what might possibly be the grossest Thursday night football game you've ever seen. Well, you got the Dallas Cowboys looking to uh, get back on the horse, and you got the New Orleans Saints who are they're doing stuff. They got, have you seen who's missing this game for the Saints? Oh, yeah. They got uh, Taysom Hill's going to start at quarterback, and then Alvin Kamara's going to be out. They're also going to be missing Teron Armstead and um, Ryan, Ramchick. Ryan Ramchick on the offensive line. So I want you to say what I'm getting here is I want you to think this to yourself. They're missing their left tackle, their right tackle, and the only playmaker on this offense. Yep. All at one time. Oh yeah, and but what's that? What's that player's name that plays for the Cub? Oh yeah, Micah Parsons uh-huh. is on the other side. Mm-hmm. This is going to be very difficult to watch, unless you're a Cowboys fan. Right, Cowboys fans are going to have a lot of fun tonight. Uh, Saints fans, you should probably just go to bed early. Don't even bother turning the game on. It's going to be gross. It's not going to be fun for you. But Jeremy will give you his official picks coming up at the end of this hour. The lines, the the line on this game is dumbfounding to me. Yeah, you couldn't have said it high enough for me, and it's not even in the ballpark of high enough. Oh, let me guess. I haven't even looked at it today. Uh, Dallas minus nine. You're too low. Or no, no, no. You're too high. I'm too Sorry. high. Yeah, you're too high. Okay, well that's stupid then. There you go. Because I was being. I thought I was being stupid when I said Dallas minus nine. And now granted, you have to bear in mind that Thursdays have been weird. This is where we got the Dolphins that just scattered, smothered, and covered the Ravens. True. That's not happening tonight. There is no one that is going to ride into the the sunset for the New Orleans Saints that's going to make this a competitive ball It's not going to be the DeMario Davis Mark Ingram show? Uh, No. But green on green picks last night. That's another four and one. Just another, you know. Nice. How about those Tar Heels? Look at you. Oh, gosh. That did my heart some yeah, good. Yeah, you were the one that was poo-pooing oh, my I taking was, of Carolina. I was poo-pooing all over the place. I I even said to Jeremy, not on this show, but off the air, I, you know, I'm preparing for the butt whipping tonight because, you know, Michigan's ranked in the top 25 and Carolina has struggled at times. I mean, 18 turnovers against UNC Asheville doesn't really give you that warm, fuzzy feeling. The close games that we played with uh, Brown and it was somebody else, it was some other small school that we played. College that it was, of Charleston. Yeah, College of Charleston. Uh, I thought it was going to be disaster. And the boys the showed thing. up Michigan's last night. Michigan's not that good. I mean, I know Carolina fans, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to rain on your parade. I'm really not. It was a good game for mm-hmm. you last night. Mm-hmm. Played very well defensively. Limited them to 52 points. They're not good. As a matter of fact, they're not good at a level that is really hard for me to believe. And then on top of that, you had the barn burner between the Charlotte Hornets and the Milwaukee Bucks that came down to the last few seconds. And then Giannis called game. Well, I, yeah. I, I, you're burying well, the you're, lead there. You're a, you, you were a millimeter away from saying Miles Bridges called game. That ball went down and out. And then you also had NC State playing the longest game in the history of creation four overtimes yeah four overtime victory against nebraska 104 to 100 in the acc big 10 challenge yeah i didn't even check the rest of the scores to see if we won that 
and I say we being the ACC, I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. Well, I, I think we had to run the table last night to do so. I, I mean, we went in, certainly did not do that. We went into last night's competition down 6-2 already, I think. They went 4-2 and two last night. Okay. Their two losses were, uh, oh, Wisconsin beat Georgia Tech. Not by as much as you would have thought. It was close. And what the heck is going on with Josh Passner's sideburns? Uh, but, and Michigan State throttled Louisville. <laughs> did you see, did you see Josh Passner last night? Or no. have you seen Josh Passner so far this season? No. He is. He's rotunder than I remember him being. Uh, oh, he's pulling a full Lane he's, Kiffin. Yeah, he's gotten a Miss. little Lane Kiffinish. He's gotten a little chubbier, and his sideburns are off-putting. You once said that to me that my sideburns were off-putting. To yeah, you. I've always thought that about you. Why? What's wrong with them? They're too long, or it, they're, they're wispy. They're wispy. I, I don't, well, I, don't I mean, know what to do with all that. of the hair on my body is wispy. I don't get much of a choice in that. What? But I just pulled up the picture. Why are they why are they so dark? Yeah, they're like really dark and they're really thick. It looks like he's fake and wearing fake mutton chops. It looks like he's getting ready to debut his Vegas Elvis act. <laughs> yep. He yep. looks like a guy that's that, that has a wig that he puts on over top of that uh-huh. to look like Elvis. Uh-huh. And the top of his head looks like Screech from Saved by the Bell. God rest his soul. You're not incorrect. Yeah, it's just it is very strange. But I was I was impressed. I was impressed because I saw Wisconsin a few days ago. I don't remember who they were playing, but they were just beating the snot out of somebody. So it was kind of impressive to me that Georgia Tech was able to keep that game close and be competitive. Josh Passner's a good coach. He is. He's. I mean, he's a fine coach. Mm -hmm. It's still Georgia Tech, but well, yeah. We have our first question from the uh, from, oh, from the chat. Okay, this is from Jason Trump. With baseball locked out, can the NBA or NHL or some other sport overtake it? Uh, they've already done the that. The NBA's already done that. Yeah, the NBA is light years ahead of Major League Baseball at this point. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, can the NHL do it? No, I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you, and I don't agree with you for one very simple, one very simple reason. Okay, the Major League Baseball is already regional as it sits. Yes. And I, I have no idea who this person was, but I heard somebody on ESPN Radio this morning say, I'm an Orioles fan. If I see the Brewers playing the Giants, I'm not watching that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is a huge problem for Major League Baseball. Now you have hockey that has us, the mothership, behind it. If you notice you're seeing a lot more hockey right now, mm-hmm. ease of finding something changes a lot. Mm-hmm. Hockey got to a point at one at at one time that it wouldn't have been drastically behind where baseball is now, and it did not have anywhere near the push behind it that it has right now. I'm thinking of the ESPN, the early ESPN two days. Is that where you're talking That's about? That's about right. Yeah, like back in late, the Patrick Waugh days. Yeah, late '90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. It got to a point where, and now that was a different time. You're talking about TV numbers looked different back then than they do now, right? I, I, to me, and this is just me, the NHL is infinitely more consumable than Major League Baseball is. Infinitely. Because there's no urgency. It's always been one of my problems with baseball. In baseball. it's Major League Baseball is a lot like 
a show that you don't have to watch every episode to know what's going on. Right. It's like Friends. Nothing really progressed in Friends where you went, oh, I missed last week. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. The NFL is like criminal minds. You know, if you didn't see last week, okay. Yeah, well, you got to go just, back and watch. You should probably just rewatch that. Right. Then watch this. Right. And that's a problem for Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. And now you have, I mean, what's happened every time we've done this? Every time there's been a labor disagreement, every time there's been an anything, Major League Baseball has taken a bath viewership-wise. Mm-hmm. And they'll continue and to do, do so. it again. Yeah, absolutely. I was reading an article earlier today about you know um, I wanted to call him Bud Selig, but then Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, was doing his press conference this morning, and he was saying that you know it's really regrettable that we have to come to this to this stage, but we felt as owners that it that we needed to because this you know without some urgency, the other side may drag their feet and not come to a quick resolution. This is not the way to do it, guys. Like, every time Major League Baseball goes on a lockout, this is, what, the ninth time that they've done it. No, no, this is the ninth work stoppage. This or the is ninth the fourth, work. This is the fourth lockout. Okay, so the fourth These, lockout. The others have all been strikes. Okay. Anyway, anytime the words lockout or strike are mentioned, you lose a certain percentage of your fan base. There are people who look at that and go, I saw it this morning, um... Oh, Mike Morgan, sports freak Mike Morgan said billionaires locking out millionaires is uh, baseball all over again. Maybe I'm just done with baseball now. You lose people like that every time this gets in the news. How did you possibly think that this was going to be a good thing? No one cares anymore. Of all of the baseball fans that, you know, are really tried and true with their teams you know really in the weeds every day watch the games those are the only people that care the the fair weather fan the the casual baseball fan they don't give a flip it does not matter and here's, to them and here's the problem this is where i would this is where i would lean to the hockey side mm-hmm. uh, by the way feel free to get your questions in in the chat this is a fan submitted question from our wonderful fan jason yes. trump yes the problem that baseball has, they don't have fans like hockey does. Hockey has fans that are crazy people. Oh, yeah. We do this for a living. How many crazy people, sports fan, baseball fans, do you know? Uh, two. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. This is just like what we do. All right, so we are self-sustained on this show. All right, we're not paid by anyone except our wonderful sponsors. Exactly. That, you know, they airtime all the things. Yep. They keep us you know from starving to death yeah and that's very kind of you <laughs> angles low prices love the savings yeah wicked weed brewing drink different Bingo. i mean we could do this for a minute yeah rogue combat club choose violence uh, there you go <laughs> over the moon cleaning service i, I we, i'm going to have to get to the other point i was trying to make <laughs> sorry I, I could do this forever ziggy's bakery we got the best philly, philly cheesesteaks in town uh, you're like a wind-up toy Stay, i am. I'm gonna have to you're like a cat on the furniture. I'm about to get a squirt bottle to get you to stop. Clarissa Marshall of EXP Reels. <laughs> I just had to get that one in there. Are you done? I am done. Okay. Go ahead. It's just like what we do. All right, so you can get 20 million views on, on YouTube, and that's fantastic. Right. If you bought them, it doesn't matter. If they were people that weren't engaged in what you were doing, it doesn't matter. And trust me, the metrics know that. Now, people like us, we have 
wonderfully engaged people. We don't have 20 million people that listen to this show. Mm-hmm. We have a nice little niche. But you know what those people do? They're very engaged. Hockey has that. Right. Baseball doesn't. Right. Baseball does not have I, I would I would argue there are probably not a million countrywide super invested fans. That's why your attendance is terrible. Because you have to have that guy to be in the stadium 81 games out of the year. Mm-hmm. And every time you do this, you lose just a little bit. Yeah. Look at hockey arenas and look at baseball stadiums. Before anybody says it, I'm well aware there are way more seats in a baseball stadium than there are in a hockey arena. I get it. Hockey arenas are filled. Baseball stadiums are empty. Mm-hmm. And one of them is outside when it's very, very nice. And you can drink all the beers. For $10 a piece. Oh, well, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I also think baseball has an age problem. Of course it does. And and it's not exactly what you think I'm getting ready to say. I'm not going to say that their fan base has died off. The thing about the generations that are older than us, I'm 34, you're... <clears throat> now you say a number. 39. You could have said anything right there from 35 to 60, <laughs> and I would have gone... <laughs> wow. I'm 57. I'm 57 years old, but yes, you are, Grandpa. (laughs) There's a loyalty factor. We are not the most loyal generation that you've ever seen, so we can kind of come and go. The NFL sees this a lot. The laissez-faire fan in the NFL is very common. Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons their numbers are so high. You see a game on, you go, oh, I'll watch 10, 15 minutes of this, and then you go on about your day. Baseball fans don't do that. They don't come in in the fourth inning and go, oh, I'll watch this for 15 minutes. Nope. Either, in large part, you either watch it all yeah. or you watch none of it. Yeah. I'll catch the score on SportsCenter later. Yeah. And that's the problem. Or you come in when, you're, when, they, when you get a text alert. I've done that many, many times. Of Oh, we, oh, cool. We just scored and we got two men on? Sweet. Let's turn it on see what happens. And then if you don't score, what do you do? You just go on, do something else. on about your day. Yeah, yeah, and wait for another score update. It says, oh, we scored again. There's two men on. Oh, let's see if anything happens. But to me, I look at this lockout and and all of this labor strife. There's a reason for this. You just saw a series of different guys, free agents in baseball, get unreal money. Mm-hmm. Where's your revenue coming from? You've been complaining about your TV deal for what I feel like is my entire adult life. Right. But it's those big salaries, it's those top salaries that have taken some money off the table for the middle class, as they call it. And the middle and class. Scott Boris has argued that for as mm-hmm. long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Well, and, here's the problem. But that's now what this work stoppage sides, is over. And I get that. Okay. But now you have two sides here that are both thinking this model is broken. I don't think this is going to be a quickly resolved thing. Mm-hmm. And I could see it going for quite some time. Now, baseball better hope it doesn't. Well, here's the problem. When you have two sides, this is just like a divorce. All right, if you've got two sides that are not willing to work towards an agreement, what do you have to do? Bring in the lawyers. Right. And what happens when you bring in the lawyers? Nobody ends up happy. Or somebody ends up very happy. It is a newly, uh, well, new to this program, Threadbare Thursday here in the Sportsocracy. Go to thesportsocracy.com or hit us up on social media, the topic that you want talked about, and that's exactly what we will talk about for the rest of this program, aside from you know the 20 minutes at the top of the hour at 4 o'clock when we're going to talk with Jones Angel to talk Tar Heel time because, yes, it was a great win last night for the North Carolina Tar Heels. I don't care how many games Michigan has already lost this year. You beat a national brand in your house 
house in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. And the guys played really, really well. So we'll have more of that coming up for you later on in the program with Jones Angel, the voice of the North Carolina Tar Heels, here on ESPN Asheville. Hey guys, I'm Ziggy, your local Philly girl, owner of Ziggy's Bakery and Deli. I've created a traditional northern deli with only the most authentic cheesesteaks outside of Philadelphia, served with provolone, white American, or cheese whiz. Our other classic deli sandwiches are made with the best quality meats and cheeses, available sliced by the pound. Join us for breakfast for house-made bagels with our custom cream cheeses. Or for something heartier, try a pork roll egg and cheese or house-cured lox. Ziggy's Bakery and Deli, in the corner of Asheville Commons, 1550 Andersonville Road, open 8 to 3, Tuesday through Saturday. Here in Beer City, we take homegrown seriously. And since 2012, Wicked Weed Brewing has been pushing the boundaries of the industry. They've not only created staples like the Freak of Nature Double IPA, Lieutenant Dank, and Pernicious, but they also opened the first sour beer tap room on the East Coast. Wicked Weed has also supported our local community to the tune of $1.6 million with the Beers That Build program. Visit one of their four locations, schedule a brewery tour, a place in order for pickup or delivery. WickedWeedBrewing.com. The Sportsocracy. Fire them cannons. By golly, put more powder in those things. Ah, I hadn't got to do that yet this week. Ugh. You are here in the Sportsocracy. I'm Tank Spencer. Jeremy Green's alongside as well. Thesportsocracy.com. Click on the live video link. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And uh, we're doing Threadbare Thursday. This is something that we usually do on the morning show, but because we had to record the morning show this morning to be at the Ingles on Smoky Park Highway for the Ingles Magical Christmas Toy Drive, benefiting Eblin Charities St. Nicholas Project, uh, we didn't get a chance to do it, so we're doing it right here. Um, and... Uh, baseball's just got a problem baseball has this problem where they just don't they don't know how to work the game and when i'm when i say that i mean with their fans they don't for some reason they've got these blinders on of how this comes across to the average person and they're just completely tone deaf to the people that say oh well i'm done with baseball it's kind of different for football football is a is is america's passion i always love that quote i think it was like i think it was howie long that said it that baseball is america's pastime but football is america's passion pastime i want you to think about what That's you just what said, I said yeah. I, no no, no I, oh, okay. I, i'm not correcting what you said okay. i'm saying think about the word that you just said yeah and baseball says this all the time mm-hmm. it's their pastime mm-hmm. past yeah it's not your now time and that's the problem that i've always look i'm gonna level with you we work, I mean, I know a lot of people think we have the coolest job in the world, and we do. We do. But we work a lot. Mm-hmm. I do not have time to keep up with a baseball team. I don't. Like, let's just, let's say I loved baseball and I wanted to keep up with the Mets. How in the world am I going to do that? By the time I get home, I got enough time to eat, maybe watch an episode of Dexter and fall asleep. By the way, if you haven't watched the new Dexter, you should. It's fantastic. Still never seen it wait yeah the whole series or the new one the, the whole series aside from the first episode that i watched for 15 minutes and went yeah i'm done i think you actually just broke my brain <laughs> that, that you who usually we do this the other way yes it is true how in the world have you never seen that i don't know it's one of those things we've always talked about we've just never done it well you should 
It's the best. My wife looked at me the other day. Uh, well, when I say the other day, it could be anywhere between, you know, yesterday and six years ago. Why have we never watched Dexter? I don't know. Just never have. I'm too busy watching Yellowstone and Game of Thrones and baseball and football and basketball. <laughs> I don't have that much time for shows. Because I do. I try to keep up with my baseball team as much as possible. Now, I'm not a every pitch, got to watch it when the you know the Red Sox are playing the Orioles on a Thursday. I look at that game and go, yeah, we should win that game. I can't wait to see the box score when I wake up in the morning and just to see how it went. But baseball allows you to do that. One, because the season's so dang long. Yeah. If you if you created some urgency by cutting out games, it'd be great. But none of these owners are ever going to do that. I feel like baseball needs a marketing guy like me that that comes in and goes, "Okay, let me slow this down for you." I understand you keep saying gate revenues and all those things. When nobody's buying the tickets, mm-hmm. there's a lot of expense that goes into opening the stadium. If you would cut it in, oh, let's go half. I literally think baseball should cut their schedule in half. Anthony Hurd said that in our comments earlier, and I agree with it wholeheartedly. Right. Now you have a little bit of urgency. Mm -hmm. And we don't see the Red Sox and the Yankees play each other 16 times a year. 19. That's even worse. You made it worse. (laughs) It's 19 times a year that you play the the teams in your division. Ugh. Yeah. And I'm right there with you. Less would be more in baseball's case, but they've never figured that out. No. And and the owners only think that applies one way. The owners think that applies to the players. Less is more. No. No, it's really not. It applies to you, too. Right, because I'm a superstar athlete here, and you're not going to chance me. I'm not going to, you know, I'm I'm not going to settle for peanuts here when I know that my my market value is higher. Well, it's the Nickelback theory. The problem with Nickelback is that they put out 14 songs that sounded exactly like the last 13. Right. That there's there's nothing special about any of these songs. They sound exactly the same, mm-hmm. which is the reason that they faded off into the ether. Right. If you see Chad Kroger and he's not working at a Kroger's, I would be nominally surprised. <laughs> I bet they're still making really good money. There's still oh, a I'm lot sure of people are. that love those songs. Just look at this photograph. That's all you need to do. All I, it, it always makes me laugh. And my eyes get so red. <laughs> Oh, you know it. So you so so. That's because it was played on so the radio. Nickelback four, fan? Uh, where yeah. we work uh, in a radio station because it's been played nine billion times. Mm-hmm. If you pulled up the log on that song, it's been played nine jillion times. Yeah, no. Baseball has a huge problem. They just don't. They they think that they are still in the glory days and they are impervious to these things hurting them. But I'm telling you, every time you have a lockout or a work stoppage or whatever you want to call it you lose people and mm-hmm. you never get them back no that's a problem see football is football is uh it's a hell of a drug how about that football is one of those things that you can you can get ticked off at it and you can you can take a sabbatical if you're mad about how the refs called your game or something but you know, two weeks you later, you're back. coming back. Uh, trust me, if I had a dollar for a person that said, I'm never watching the NFL again. Yeah. One month later. Exactly. What do you think? What, what do you think about the Cowboys this year? Uh, I thought you weren't watching anymore. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
Exactly. Weird how that works. And baseball, once you lose them, you lose them. Somebody also made the comment in the uh, in, in the chat here on uh, the live feed, the sportsocracy.com, of, you know, baseball is, is – is there anybody who is a diehard baseball every day, every pitch guy that is below the age of 50? I don't think so. Mm, very few. I don't think those guys exist any, too much. Very few. Caleb, Caleb Pig. That's about the only one that I know that is every pitch has to be there. They're very few and far between. The sports tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. I love that we're talking so much baseball because I have a, I have a baseball story for you. So with the lockout happening last night, Major League Baseball, they have gone through their website and they have changed all of the pictures because the deal expired with the Major League Baseball Players Association. You legally don't have any rights to the name, image, and likeness of the players anymore. And so you can go to like the stat pages now, and they all have those little shadow silhouette figures. Just the 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 grayscale face of a guy in a baseball cap. And so as seeing that baseball went and did this and replaced all of their pictures, a whole bunch of the players got together and decided we're gonna change our social media uh pictures to those so now you will see maybe your favorite baseball player now has a nondescript picture of this gray silhouette as his uh social media handle because they're just poking fun at what major league baseball does everybody's trying to make something big out of this or at least the execs are well, they of, have like, to. of like oh my gosh are they you know is this a huge solidarity statement and every player they've talked to said no it's just funny no it's what you had to do you ever notice that Bill Belichick's picture is not on Madden? You mm-hmm. know why? Because they don't have the license to use it. Right. As soon as they locked out the players, they don't have the license to use their pictures mm-hmm. anymore. No, but I love the fact that the players have adopted it in poking fun at Major League Baseball. And, and everybody to wants me, to be, is this a big statement? No, it's just funny. And this is the internet age where we're going to, we're going to meme you. And I would say it's, I would agree with you, it's the internet age in that how shocking somebody would do something on social media because, oh, look, it's funny and it got a bunch of likes. Yeah. It, it's the deal you negotiated. You did that. You're the reason that this is happening. Mm-hmm. That a, oh, that's one of those things that drives me crazy. Like, post something and it's completely off base of why something happens and then a billion people like it it's like okay that's just, it's patently wrong and stupid and you clicked the little heart button <laughs> right speaking of wrong and stupid there was an innocent dunk in the iowa state arkansas pine bluff game last night it put iowa state up by 20 okay and you know something very strange had to happen for me to bring up an Iowa State Arkansas Pine Bluff college basketball game mm-hmm. the first week of December. And something did happen. It was a Tyrese Hunter dunk. He's a guard for Iowa State. After that, Pine Bluff head coach Solomon Bozeman called a timeout. Not strange. That happens a lot in college basketball. Right. What happened after that was very strange. He made the players on the floor run a sprint on the floor during the timeout well that's weird a you can't do that b it's one of the dumber things i've ever seen in my life you only get so many timeouts and it kind of helps if you know the players can oh what's it a rest right that's part of a timeout 
Apparently, the officials were so confused. This should, by the way, should have been a technical. Yes, it should have. You cannot have players on the floor during a timeout. Mm-hmm. The officials were so confused that they let it happen. And they just looked at each other like, what is happening right now? And then they went to uh, Mr. Bozeman and said, don't do that again. Yeah. The video is insane. That's hilarious. And literally, first of all, the arena is borderline empty. Well, of course it is. Who's but there's somebody in the front row that is videotaping them running back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like, what? <sighs> what are you telling me? They don't, they don't get excited in Ames, Iowa to see Arkansas Pine Bluff come to town? It was also on uh, ESPN Plus, which didn't help anything. Like, hey, look, people online are going, what is happening? In what universe do you think that is even vaguely an intelligent idea? Well, because I'm sending the message to our guys that you got to get back on defense. And if you're not going to hustle during the play, then you're going to hustle during the timeout. No. Yeah, you see how stupid that sounded when you said it all uh-huh. Oh, let me tell you something else that sounds stupid. Yeah. We haven't had the chance to talk about this yet. Okay. The Seattle Seahawks signed Adrian Peterson. Why? I don't know. And if I see one more person say... They're in win now mode. What? Who? Ian what? Rappaport t- tweeted that earlier. He did not. Yes, he did. It was it was hashtag sarcasm, right? I, he put that at the I, end. No, he didn't put that at the end. But I do believe he was being sarcastic. Can I tell you a fun story about the Seattle Seahawks? They won one game in two calendar months, mm-hmm. and that game was against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tell you another fun stat. If the draft was today, the New York Jets would have the fourth and fifth pick. The New York Giants would have the sixth and seventh pick. And the Philadelphia Eagles would have the eighth and ninth pick. <laughs> Please let that happen. I've, I don't know that I've ever in the history of me following the draft wanted this to happen. Right. Just two teams take over a quarter of the first round. Right. We're here. We're done. Just three teams picking back to back. That would be, that'd be funny. That'd be very, very funny. Uh, there was another question asked here in the chat. Uh, actually, it was the first question that was asked in the chat. Should the NFL add a referee at the game on the field to make the judgment calls like on taunting? Uh, I'm going to answer this in two different ways. The one, just stop calling taunting. Ever. Just don't call it ever. I don't care if somebody high steps from the 50. I'm good without taunting. Now, an extra official... I would probably be better with just a reconfiguration of where the officials are. But I don't know that I need another official. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they're asked to do too much. Well, and that's the that's the spirit of the question. Should there be another guy who is the fun police? There was an article circulating around yesterday about what it was what it was like to be the person who has to be the fashion police that has to make sure that the right shoes are getting worn and that there are no, you know, uh unlicensed logos being worn onto the field and all that kind of stuff make sure players are wearing the right type of headphones all that stuff is dumb to me but i understand why that's how sponsors work oh i i was getting ready to say i understand why it's there it's just always seemed dumb to me and this would be like the same thing you just have another official who's going to be focusing in on the taunting see to me having another official just is begging for disaster the last thing i want on an nfl field right now more flags yeah i do not need another person with a flag Mm -mm. it's probably been a month 
since I've watched the game where I at some point did not get angry at officiating. And the only way to do anything about it is to simplify this. Yeah, it was the uh it was the Raiders and the Cowboys game. Became the first game in NFL history With where both fourteen flags. Yeah. Both teams got fourteen or more flags and both had over a hundred yards and penalty yards. It's there's at some point it becomes too much. Oh, it's been too much. Mm-hmm. It's been too much for years. The problem is we're not going backwards. Because now we've done all of these things. And, and, you know, I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't point out, you did this. Like, the NFL did this to themselves. Mm-hmm. The concussion thing, you you ignored that forever. Now you have to, and, and obviously you're protecting your investment with quarterbacks. Now you're doing it with everyone. There are just a litany of things that I cannot, the, the oh, he tapped the quarterback's helmet. Stop. If you forcefully hit something, oh, maybe I can get down with that. Right. I still don't love it. Right. But the, oh, he grazed it. Just, oh, he touched him in the head. It's Dumb. No. Contact. I think that's dumber than taunting. I'd agree with I that. I also hate the, the, and I like to call this the Lamar Jackson rule. You tiptoe down the sideline, and as soon as somebody gets in the vicinity of you, you just tap your foot out of bounds, they blast you, and it's a 15-yard penalty. Mm -hmm. No, no. No, no. You would never get that flag from me. You take one extra step forward, Mm -hmm. I'm out. Really? Hit him as hard as you want to. You did it to yourself, and I know why they do it. You're protecting quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. But Lamar Jackson is the patron saint of this he will tiptoe down the sideline until there is somebody within an arm's reach of him knowing full well he's about to get demolished yeah and it's flagged every single time which is at least growth panther fans i mean i remember going round and round with panther fans about cam newton oh cam newton never gets flags well i mean when you're gonna be a runner you gotta be you know you, you gotta take a little bit more of that we're you're gonna take a late hit every now and then because we don't know when you're gonna step out and that's of bounds. why russell wilson stopped running mm-hmm. he figured out there is not a lot that is going to get me a flag yeah oh no i completely understand uh, and i'm with you they should ease up a little bit on that uh safwan ben malik in our in our comments on youtube you feel free to get into our youtube comments thesportocracy.com or youtube.com backslash the sportsocracy asked with with Kyler murray back and colt mccoy winning two of the last three games without deandre hopkins is it fair to question the true value of Kyler to this team i've been thinking that for three weeks really i'm getting to a point that i think this is all system Obviously, is the team better with Kyler Murray? Yes, because mm-hmm. he can do more things. Mm-hmm. But it didn't help like the MVP discussion. First of all, an MVP is not going to miss three games. But it hurts you moving forward that Colt McCoy, who is the definition of a career backup, can come in and win two of three games. And the only one you lost, it's solely because you slept walk through it. And if you'd played, if they'd played that game ten times, they'd have won it nine of them. Right unfortunately this was the one where they went hey just put on a jersey and we will win this by three scores i don't i am I'm, I'm not taking anything away from kyler murray and and, and i'm not necessarily saying that you should mm-hmm. i think it's now a fair question 
Uh, Kyler Murray, by the way, is now fourth in the MVP odds, despite missing three games. No shot. It's Tom Brady one, Josh Allen two, Aaron Rodgers three, and then you got Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, and then Dak Prescott. That's your if the Cowboys win out, Dak Prescott probably wins it. That's your Vegas odds right now. Kyler missing games takes him out of that for me. But I do think you have to at least acknowledge. I don't know that I've ever changed my mind about a coach as much in one year as I have Cliff Kingsbury. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right to do so. And can we stop with Oklahoma wants him to be their new coach? Stop. He's not going to do that. I, I don't care about he's not going to. It's a stupid narrative. It's a stupid narrative. It's a stupid narrative because he's not going to do it. It's a stupid narrative because you, A, he's not going to do it. B, how exactly would that work? Mm -hmm. He's not going to leave this team with six games to go and they're the best team in the NFC. No. I still tried to figure out where in the world did that report come from. Well, it came from Adam Schefter. No, no, no. I got that. I mean, where did he get it? And I look, I like Adam Schefter a lot. One of the longest days of my entire life was because of Adam Schefter. Yeah. I still maintain I think he got it from Cliff Kingsbury's agent. And and I've heard that. That's I got news for you. If Cliff Kingsbury tried to hold their feet to the fire, I'm not sure they would do it. That the the Bidwell family that owns that team has been notoriously cheap. Maybe so, but I I, I mean I would think it, at this point you can't do that. You couldn't just look at your coach who has your team nine and two or whatever they are right now and sitting at number one in the nfc and go yeah uh you you go take whatever job you want to i'm not going to give you a little more money i and say i don't agree with you i i really don't well you have to assume that somebody else is going to be able to come in and do this and i don't know that you can find I'm not that guy. sure with this receiving core that i couldn't do this i mean <laughs> I, cliff kingsbury can do it at a higher level than i could it's not real hard to go Hey, four receivers on that side, and nobody can figure it out. Because this is an, and by the way, it's an innovation that not only is it just destroying NFL defenses, mm-hmm. I'm seeing it everywhere. That's an old Mike Leach thing. I don't know if you know that or not. The the four receivers to one side, that was never a thing. Then Mike Leach did it. Mm-hmm. It kind of sat dormant for a few years, and then Cliff Kingsbury came in and went, why is no one doing this? And it's borderline indefensible. Mm-hmm. And it completely tips off the defense. And whoever's the one receiver on the other side, uh, I can tell you what he's getting. Right. Because it is as one-on-one as one-on-one can be. Right. Yeah, I, I, I have thought that was dumb from the moment Adam Schefter tweeted it out of, oh, I think I know where that came from. Because with all of the money that's being thrown around right now in the NFL – uh, or in excuse me in college football for all these head coaches it's baffling to me to to look at nfl head coaching salaries and go how are these guys making this much but you got guys that are signing 100 million dollar contracts in college it just oh, doesn't i mean very simply because the coach is paramount in college football how many te- how many coaches in the nfl do you even really care who they are mm-hmm I, uh, somebody that I know you like. If Opie Taylor, Sean McDermott, stepped down from the Buffalo Bills right now, would they miss a beat with Leslie Frazier or Brian Dable? No. Mm, maybe not. No. Now, in college, that's the face of your program. Mm-hmm. 
Look at the difference in the way you think of LSU right now and the way you thought of LSU a month ago. Now that LSU has old jerk Brian Kelly instead of go Tigers. Right. I still maintain I'm going to use that for the rest of time. This uh, is the greatest example of the girl that puts cigarettes out on your couch. When you break up with her, you got somebody a little more conservative, a little yep. make, a little mild. That is Ed Orgeron to Brian Kelly. And uh, congratulations to Marcus Freeman for getting the Notre Dame job. It's not official yet, but it's happening. Yeah, it's it's going to happen. I, I said that a couple of days ago. I think at this point, if you don't hire him, you're going to have a problem mm-hmm. on your hands. Well, you immediately saw all of the players start uh, start screaming to high heavens. You got to fire or, or you got to hire Marcus Freeman, and then you had Tommy Reese decide to stay. You had uh, with a strength and conditioning coach had an offer to go to LSU with uh, well, the entire staff basically yeah. had, an, had an offer, and, the, and they all said no we want to stay and i think they all said no we want to stay and we want to work with marcus he's only been there a year and he's endeared himself to everybody in the program i think that's going to end up being a home run hire oh i think so too also i don't know if you know this or not how old is tommy reese no clue he's 29 wow i I mean and i should have known that because he played for brian kelly yeah but i don't know why when i read that i went Good gra- he's you five just, years younger than I am. Yeah, because you just don't expect it. You don't expect to see somebody be the offensive coordinator, one of the biggest you know programs in college football, and they ain't even turned thirty yet. Like, dude, have you hit puberty? Well, and there's a there's another element to this that you're hiring a young, very smart coach mm-hmm. that's probably going to be able to keep staff. And I don't know that he has aspirations of bigger things. I, I, I could see him being at Notre Dame for 20 years. It does not get much bigger than Notre Dame. By the way, just a fun trivia fact. I, and I can't remember the name, but I bet sports freak Brian Hall will. Do you know the last time that a, a Notre Dame coach left for another job in college? Newt Rockney. It was almost a hundred. He retired. It was almost a hundred years ago, <laughs> and the coach took the NC State job. Ah, I want you to think about what I just said. If Brian Kelly had stepped down to take the NC State job, and I'm not trying to throw shade at NC State in any way, I think we would have had to have taken the day off to digest that. Mm-hmm. I heard that on one of the overnight shows last night and went, "Wow." It's almost shocking to me that nobody else has left Notre Dame because of how little they're willing to pay. Right. Strange that you would leave Touchdown Jesus for Cal College. This doesn't make any sense. You're in the Sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. Green on Green, picks of the night are coming up next. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with eXp Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training, has a goal for our community, one that's stronger, more fit, and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at RogueCombatClub.com. 
office, the closers only. Get them the money! Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power, then you get the work. Another day, another winning day. Four and one last night, green on green picks in the last 30 days. First of all, I'm nine and three this week. Nice. In the last 30 days, 37 and 20. That's pretty good. I'm going to give myself a bell on that one. Tonight, <laughs> I got two in the NBA, and I got the two for Thursday night football. First off, the Memphis Grizzlies are a nine and a half point favorite tonight at home against the Oklahoma City Thunder. You, you remember when I just said that I've lost three games this week? Mm-hmm. Two of them are the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm not falling for it again. Give me the Grizzlies minus nine and a half. That Thunder team is terrible. The Portland Trailblazers are a five-point favorite tonight at home against the San Antonio Spurs. I said this about the Pelicans, that until you start put putting lines on them that make some kind of conscious sense, I'm just going to keep betting them, and I'm going to keep winning. I feel the same way about the Portland Trailblazers. I understand that they're not the best team in the NBA. They're more than five points better than the San Antonio Spurs. This line is dumb. Give me the Portland Trailblazers. Tonight, Thursday night football, you got Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints hosting Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas six and a half point favorite, over under is 46. I'm going to say this as clearly as I can. Unless you think Dallas is going to score 48 points by themselves, you should be on the under because there will be very few points coming from the Saints. Six and a half is a touchdown too little at this point. I don't know what people are seeing in the Saints. They have been embarrassed two of the last three weeks, and they're going to get embarrassed again tonight. I am easily on the under 46, and give me the Cowboys minus six and a half. Go and do likewise, gents. Money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for you. And if you like daily fantasy sports props, just go to monkeyknifefight.com. Sign up, create your account, use our promo code TANK, T-A-N-K. They will match your initial investment up to $50 and also give you a $5 free play at monkeyknifefight.com. What's the game tonight, Jeremy? I'll tell you in just a second. My oh, no, the just computer froze. It's just completely locked up. And oh, it's no. It's just staring at me like, ah, <laughs> I know. Oh, that's, that's a shame. It's an absolute shame. We'll give it to you on the other side of the sports We'll give it to you the next hour. My computer's just deceased. Oh, no. This is why I should write things down, but I don't. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine. Uh, uh, We'll get you caught up on that after the uh, top of the hour. Also, it'll be time for Tar Heel Time with Jones Angel, the voice of the North Carolina Tar Heels. We'll talk about, of course, the uh, sad ending to the NC State football game the other night and that big win over Michigan last night at the Dean Dome. Sports Center is next. He's a degenerate gambler. You are a smelly pirate hooker. And he's cheaper than oxygen. He's useless. But somehow, they make it work. Jeremy Green, Tank Spencer. There's no holding back in the sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets and Wicked Weed Brewing. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. 
You are in the Sportsocracy. I'm Tank Spencer. Jeremy Green is alongside. We're always in the Ingles studio. Don't forget to make a stop out this afternoon at the Ingles Magical Christmas Toy Drive, benefiting Eblen Charity's St. Nicholas Project at the Ingles on Smoky Park Highway. Check out all the new stuff that they got. And, of course, Jeremy and I will be back out there again tomorrow morning at 10. Well, Jeremy's going out there very early. I will be there super early uh, to do breaks for ESPN. Uh, we will be recorded in the morning, so yep. I'm going. I'll be out there at eight, and I believe you'll be joining me at ten. At ten o'clock, and hopefully at about seven fifty-five, somebody's going to have to show me how to actually do that. <laughs> I'm sure they'll hook you up with that. But the Ingles on Smoky Park Highway, make your donations today for the Ingles Magical Christmas Toy Drive, benefiting Eblen Charities St. Nicholas Project. Second hour of the program, always brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Check them out at wickedweedbrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing, drink different. It's four o'clock on a Thursday and that means it is Tar Heel time with Jones Angel, the voice of the North Carolina Tar Heels, who on this very station you heard last night come up with a really impressive second half showing against the number 24 team, or I guess I should, uh, you know, we can't say it officially, but the formerly ranked 24th team in the country, the Michigan Wolverines. Jones, welcome in. Tank, uh, great to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was an impressive I mean, certainly the second half, uh, Carolina was really, really good last night. Um, I, I didn't think the first half was bad. Uh, yeah, I thought the Tar Heels were getting some good looks around the basket. They were getting some open shots from three. They just weren't making their shots. But what I thought was impressive was that their defense was good enough that it kept them in the game. And that was a you know a one or two possession game one way or the other the, the entire first half. And then when Carolina kind of found its footing offensively, the, the defense was still there, too. And, and that's when you saw that, that really impressive 20 minutes in the second half against a, a solid Michigan team and a good win and, more importantly, I think, uh, a good performance. Carolina needed not just a win, it, it needed to play well and win. And I, I thought the Charles did that last night. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with the, the well, I think they shot 58% from the floor in the second half. Caleb Love at 22 points and I was I gotta be honest with you lifelong born and bred Tar Heel fan I was very skeptical I even came into the studio telling Jeremy like I'm kind of preparing myself for a letdown tonight because they they haven't looked sharp you know 18 turnovers against unc Asheville and some of the close ones that they had with college of charleston and brown like you get into top 25 action and then of course we said we already saw the purdue and the tennessee games last night was just a it was it was great to see the defensive intensity of this team kick up well uh, there's a lot there i mean i mean i think carolina's first couple of games have all had some different storylines and i don't you know we all I, we probably know them we don't have to go through every game but right. but i did think like for example the college of charleston win i i thought that was a good win i i don't know what their kin palm ranking is or their rpi or whatever but uh, that was on the road in a hostile environment against a team that gave Carolina absolutely its best shot, and, and the Tar Heels handled it and won the game. I thought Carolina played decently well against Purdue, who might be playing better than any team in the nation right now. And and I think Purdue, for example, is a more fully formed team at this moment than the Tar Heels are. So um, that game didn't bother me either. The, the Tennessee game clearly – um, was a game that Carolina did not play well, did not play up to the standard that the Tar Heels have set for themselves, and it wasn't good enough. And I think the practice the day after that, that was made 
known that it wasn't acceptable. Um, it, you didn't see a whole lot of change with with UNC Asheville because it was such a quick turnaround to that game. But then I do think you saw Tank last night that then after a week of work that Carolina had after that Asheville game, you did see some improvement, and, and you would hope to see that. You would hope to see a, a week's worth of practice pay off. And I thought Carolina was by far its best uh, as it has been all year defensively. Um, you know, they didn't allow Michigan to get to the free throw line a bunch. They turned them over a bunch. They uh, beat them on the glass. Uh, and we talked about how well they, they played offensively in the second half, too. So um, I thought it was an encouraging performance. But it's also worth remembering, we, Carolina's only played seven games. It's been interesting to me, and I've probably been guilty of it, too, of how many grand pronouncements have been made about Carolina after a handful of games. And it's not hard to figure out why. It's because there's a new coach. And so when Roy Williams was the coach, nobody was going to second-guess what Roy Williams was doing. I mean, plenty of people second-guess every coach. But but big picture, everybody understood that Roy Williams knew what he was doing. When you have a brand-new head coach, that, that bank of experiences isn't there for Hubert Davis as the head guy. And so anybody can just say anything they want. And it's much harder to refute it because there isn't that that solid evidence that you have against it. And so um, I do think that's been some of the reason there's just been these wild, like year-long pronouncements made about Carolina after a handful of games. And so I think it's important not to get too high after last night, just like it was important not to get too low after Tennessee. Carolina showed improvement last night. Now it needs to do it again when it goes on the road and, and plays a very good Georgia Tech team coming up on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I was very impressed with Georgia Tech last night, uh, too, playing against Wisconsin. They gave them a heck of a fight. Yeah, and they're good. You know, Jordan Usher and, and Michael DeVoe, you know, those two guys are, are big-time veteran, proven ACC players. Um, and, you know, you add their points per game together, they're together averaging something like 40 points a game. So they can really score. Um, Josh Pastner certainly has done a great job down in Atlanta. Um, they mix defenses on you really well. And for whatever reason, Tank, Atlanta has just, it, it's rarely been kind to Carolina in football or basketball. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's just been a tough trip for Carolina for whatever reason. And so I think you mix in that you've got a good team in Georgia Tech that's going to be stinging a little bit after they lost yesterday. You've got a, a weird game time. I mean, it's Sunday at 3 o'clock, so it's an unusual game day and time. Uh, it can, If you're Carolina, you're coming off feeling as good as you felt all year because you played your best uh, to this point of the season in the last time out. And so all of those things tell you that this is a prime spot for show up and sleepwalk through the first 15 minutes and all of a sudden you're down 13 points and, and you've got to dig out of a hole. So for Carolina, it's going to be really important, in my opinion, to have that same kind of effort and energy and execution that it had against Michigan. And even if you're not scoring well, like the Tar Heels didn't in the first half against Michigan, the other stuff has still got to be there so that, uh, so that you're still in the ballgame. And so I, I think this is a really, really good test for this team at this point of the year to see if they can say, hey, you know what? Just like you've got to put away a bad performance, you've got to put away a good performance as well and go back out there and try and do it again. 
Uh, I've I've been seeing a lot of these uh, articles about what do we think about each of the Power Five conferences, um, you know, at the beginning stages of the season, and I think there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of writers out there, and I don't know if it's the majority, but at least the majority that I have read said that they they feel like the ACC hasn't lived up to uh, its preseason billing yet this year do you do you forecast us having a down year in the ACC this year well I don't think the ACC has had a particularly successful start to the season you know I, I don't know about meeting expectations because I'm not sure outside expectations really matter to anybody thank except you me fan you know that's just kind true. of talking points right. uh, yeah I, I don't know where each of these individual teams thought they were going into the season. Um, I think certainly Virginia, who has been one of the better teams in the conference the last several years, they've had a lot of roster turnover, and they haven't played as well here in the first month or first couple weeks as they have the previous few years. I think the same can be said for Florida State. You know, they, they have been one of those teams that's been at the top of the league these last couple of seasons. They have not had um, as strong a start to the year as they would have liked. Carolina has been okay. They, you know, they've had three marquee games. They've only won one of them. And so um, when you're the Tar Heels, that's what you're measured against. You're not measured on five and two, which is fine. Um, you're measured against how you do against Purdue and Michigan and Tennessee. Those are the games that Carolina's measured against. Um, certainly Duke had the great win against Gonzaga, but then took a step back um, in the game against Ohio State. And so um, NC State has won some games. They hadn't necessarily had the toughest competition. So you can go through this team by team. I, I think what I said about the Tar Heels really is relevant for everybody, and that is that it's still just so early in the season. And um, I, I get that we now have to every game is an indictment on the year, but it just it, it shouldn't be that way. I, I think all of these teams have the potential to continue to get better and to improve. And when you have guys like Mike Krzyzewski and Tony Bennett and Leonard Hamilton, I mean, these are guys who have proven that they can do it. And so you have to believe in Josh Pastor to, to a lesser degree at Georgia Tech. You know, these are guys that have shown that they can win. And so um, every year is different. Every group of players is different. And I think it's even more so now, Tank, with the transfer portal, it's hard to build a multi-year program. You're, you're building it year to year now because of how quickly freshmen leave and how impactful transfers are. You're seeing that with Carolina. You know, several of Carolina's key guys are transfers. And so I think it, it takes a little bit more time on a year-to-year basis to, to hit your stride. And quite honestly, who wants to be you, – you don't want to play your best on November 30th or December 2nd. You want to play well – but you want to be good three months from now and four months from now. That's what it matters. And so certainly you don't want to lose. I'm not suggesting that. But I am suggesting that, that you, it's okay to still have room for growth when you're talking about just a couple weeks into the year. Agreed. And uh, it is really what, uh, you know, how you're playing come, you know, January, February, and obviously in March. Uh, as to how your season is going to be judged, but we all we all love quick reactions, and yeah, it's a it, it's just the nature of the beast when you're a blue blood program in college basketball. You lose a couple of games, and everybody, you know, not everybody, but you know, all those fair weathery fans just start making assumptions. It's going to well, be fine, and, to and me, this is a good it, team. It, the Purdue game and the Tennessee game are different stories, right? I, I don't 
you can be disappointed that Carolina lost the game to Purdue, but I don't think if you're a if you're somebody who understands the game and all of that stuff, you don't leave that game thinking that Carolina's in in some kind of desperate situation. Purdue's better than Carolina right this second at right. this on this day. Right now, they're just better. Yeah, Jim, they Jim might be in March or they might not be in March, but yeah. right now they are. The Tennessee game was the one that that was the head scratcher because um, I don't think Tennessee is necessarily significantly better than Carolina. They might be a little bit better. I, I'm not sure, um, but that day they were significantly better, and it was primarily because Carolina was so bad, and, and that's that was the surprising thing. Um, and I think. Uh, a lot of that had to do with just the newness of Carolina, whether it's the staff, the coach, the new players, the new sisters, all of it. Uh, but I think Carolina's also aware of that. Now, if that happens three more times this year, then I think that is a cause for concern. But if you just have – everybody's going to have a stinker or two during the season. Um, you just want to minimize those. And you want to be able to weather those type of performances – so that you still have a chance to win when you snap out of it. Because just like we talked about a lot in football this year, not you're never going to play your best every minute of every game. Part of being good is being able to weather when you don't play well, just like we were talking about the Tar Heels as far as their offensive performance in the first half last night. Some of being good is being able to manage it when you're not playing your best and then being able to, to find yourself again within the same course of the same game. Yeah, uh, Jeremy was making the little uh, the little motion to me across the computer screen here of, yeah, Purdue's the number one team in the country. Uh, so, you know, pump the brakes on that, uh, on thinking that that is, a, uh, that is somehow a game that Carolina should have shown up better in, which, as you have said a couple of times, they, they did play really well in that game. Uh, let's switch over to the gridiron here. Obviously, the rivalry game with NC State didn't go the way we expected it to. Uh, walk us through a little bit what that was like for the broadcast crew as NC State pulled off that incredible comeback. Yeah, that was a stunning finish. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure I've ever seen one quite like that. And, you know, to me, Tank, it, it, you had the two, two – multiple things happened, but two things happened that, that cost Carolina the game. One was it, you absolutely cannot allow that first touchdown. That that was the one where the Tarnals had taken the nine-point lead. They had sacked Devin Leary on first down. So it's second and 18 and, the, I mean, quite literally, the only thing you can't do is give up a 64-yard touchdown. And there was a miscommunication in the secondary, and they did exactly that. And, and just that, that just cannot happen. You, you cannot have that happen. And, and then after that, of course, point two is the, is the onside kick, where for some reason the Tar Heels had guys there to, to field it, and, and they got confused about the situation or whatever it was, and uh, instead of trying to grab the ball, tried to move out of the way of the ball, which doesn't make a lot of sense. And so um, those two things just can't happen um, if you're going to be a, a good football team. And Matt Brown afterwards was exactly right in saying that yeah, his, they've got to learn how to win. Because you think about it, Tank, the Pittsburgh game, excuse me, and the NC State game, Carolina, I think it's fair to say, was in really good position to win both of those to the point where you could say they should have won both of those games. Certainly right. the state game with the lead in the final minutes, and then the pit game, you have a first and goal 
down three points with less than two minutes to go, you know, that's a, a spot where you need to punch that in. And so Carolina's got to figure out a way in this offseason to finish games. And, and I, I think it's it, they've been in so many close games over the last three years. I, I felt like they were getting better in that regard. But then you had two glaring examples here at the end of the season in which they did not close the door when the, when that opportunity was there. And so, um, yeah, just frustrating, disappointing, any word that you want to pull off, particularly because I thought after the first quarter, once, once State came out with all that emotion and, you know, really hit Carolina with a haymaker at the beginning, I, I thought the Tar Heels were as good as we've seen them all season long, as far as the second quarter, the third quarter, and then the first 13 minutes of the fourth quarter. They were physical. They were strong defensively. They ran the ball well. They hit some shots down the field. They uh, had some key special teams plays. Everything that you're looking for, and to then just uh, piddle it all away in the last two minutes was particularly disappointing. Yeah, I, you know, I got a lot of crap when I came into the studio the next, uh, the you know, the Monday following, and you know, I worked with some NC State guys, and they were like, "Oh, how'd you like that game?" Like, you know what? I can't even really be all that mad about it because it was it was one of the most uh, phenomenal comebacks that I've ever seen. I mean, obviously, as a Tar Heel fan, I'm I'm, I'm sick to my stomach that it happened, uh, but it was it was one of the greatest games in the rivalry. That is for sure. Um, but unfortunately, you know, the regular season comes to an end with a six and six record. Uh, I've, I've heard a lot of, uh, projections on where that'll put us in the, in the, in the bowl game. Um, but at this point you just have to, you just have to move on and, uh, and take what you get, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, you know, who knows, we'll find out on Sunday. Um, and, and I'll be interested to see tank, you know, as we move through these next couple of days, as you're seeing with everybody around the country, you know, players going into the transfer portal, um, guys opting out of the bowl games, that, that stuff's going to happen. And it's going to happen in Carolina. It's going to happen in other places, too. We saw today, you know, it was reported that Eugene Asante and uh, Bo Corrales both going into the transfer portal. And, and that's just part of college football now. I, that's, that's not something negative about Carolina. It, it's just the landscape of college football now. Um, that that's going to happen. And, and, you know, whether or not we see Sam Howell again uh, for Carolina, I don't know. Um, you know, it, is he, A, going to go pro next year? And if he does, is he ready to go ahead and do that now, or does he want to play one more game? When it's a, a bowl game that, that, quite honestly, to me, Tank, and I think we've talked about this before, unless you're in the playoff, at this point, I think the bowl games, as much as a preview of the next year, as it is a recap of the, the previous year. So I, I think it's almost an opportunity to get a bunch of young guys in the game. You're trying to win, don't get me wrong, but it's an opportunity to do that as much as it is to, to put a bow on the current season. Right. Jones Angel, the voice of the North Carolina Tar Heels, joining us here on ESPN Asheville in the sportsocracy. It was uh, it was an up and down football season for sure, but still at least one. At least we know we got one more game to go. And of course, we will talk about the, that with you uh, coming up next week when we find out what bowl we're going to. Yeah, great to be with you guys as always. Hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving and uh, looking forward to chatting with you next week. Yeah, thank you very much and uh, be safe in your travels, sir. We will uh, we will see you next time. We will see you on the other side of this break right here on ESPN Asheville. 
the stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. St. Nicholas and my family, they'll all be here. The holidays are coming, and so are the guests. Are you sure your home's ready? Let Over the Moon Cleaning Services do the heavy lifting for you. Right now, Over the Moon is offering Sportsocracy listeners 20% off a deep clean when you schedule bi-weekly or weekly cleanings. Call them today at 585-0146 and book a free estimate. 585-0146. And welcome back into the Sportsocracy. I'm Tank Spencer. And he's Jeremy Green. And we have breaking news in and the I, NFL. And I still absolutely hate that button. Uh, I don't care. I love doing my little dance. And you're not gonna you're not gonna stop me from doing it. Uh anyway, breaking news in the NFL. Antonio Brown, Mike Edwards, and John Franklin the third have all been suspended for the next three games. Because they misrepresented their vaccination status. The NFL has done its review, and apparently it is true that Antonio Brown got a fake vaccination card and presented it to the uh, to the team. Why am I not shocked? Of course you're not With shocked. With Antonio Brown, why am I not surprised? <laughs> I feel like I should be, but I'm not. No, you shouldn't be. I don't know why you feel that way. You have been telling me since he signed a contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year that, oh, just wait, something's going to happen. Yeah, because and there's he's a crazy person. There's always shenanigans. Shenanigans. There's shenanigans. And the NFL has said, no, you cannot do that. Um, yeah, apparently he got a fake vaccination card. I don't know what the uh, I don't know what the details are on Mike Edwards, but I'd have to say since they're teammates, he probably got him one. Uh, or at least hooked him up with his guy to get a fake fake vaccination card, and then John Franklin the third. He's a he's a free agent. I and I, was, I looked at that and I was like, why do I know that name? He was on like the second season of Last Chance U. He was a former Florida State scout team quarterback who ended up at that East Mississippi Technical State College or whatever it is, Community the JUCO. College. Yeah, the JUCO school, and he was on that Last Chance U program. And uh, as you know, he's a free agent wide receiver. So if a team does pick him up, he will have to serve a three game suspension if he lands on a roster. But uh, I mean, the news came out yesterday that Antonio Brown's still hurt and he's going to miss the next two games anyway. So uh, I guess we can call it kind of even. <laughs> but they will be suspended without pay. The NFL wants to make sure that everybody that that, that everybody knows we're not screwing around. You misrepresent your vaccination status and you will be punished. Here's a question. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't talk about political things uh -huh. on this show. Uh -huh. But I, I have to ask this. In 2021, how in the world did we settle on, look, we have this little card that you write things on. How did we do that? I don't know. There's an app for everything. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. I don't know how we ended up with that because I was thinking about this the other day of remember when we had to go when we went to the Asheville championships and we had to show our vaccination card to get into the building to do the show from there and all of that. I was driving around the other day thinking I have no idea where that vaccination card is now. 
You know where mine is? It's stored on your phone? In my grandma billfold that you make fun of. <laughs> he does. He does have the grandma billfold. It, but, okay, it's because I don't want to sit on a wallet, and I have to carry my phone with me everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. And guess what? So you got this nice little purse around it, and it's I fine. St- I still have my card, and you're <laughs> yeah. out of luck. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. I guess I'm out of luck. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I'll find it somewhere, but... Uh, I don't know why. Like this day and age, with the technology that we have, yes, it, it, you're right. There's no reason that we should have these little paper cards with, you know, handwritten notes on them. Patrick Hold in the comments said vaccine records are still paper records. Medical coding hasn't changed much. I know. I'm asking why. Right. I'm asking, but why? Because <laughs> that's a lot of coding, and we don't have enough people to do that. I don't work. need you to code I everything. I, have no idea. I just. Okay, could we not have possibly come up with an app? Right. All those people that got fired by Inatech all those years ago, can we not get them to do all of this? Uh... Inatech, wasn't that, the, wasn't that from Office Space? Yes, it was. Hey! Thank you for catching up. Movie reference. He's got a movie reference. Let's give him a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Can we not get those people to, to key in all of this information so that we don't have to do this anymore, that we can make it all electronical? By the way, I watched a movie last night. I'm just throwing that out there. I don't ever watch movies. Did you really? It was a movie from five years ago, but yeah, I watched it last night. Who? Uh, Jeremy saw a movie. What movie? Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. From like five years ago. Yeah, Michael Bay did a uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, the the big I, beefy by, turtles. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's. By the way, I, I, I was yesterday that. years old when I found that out. You want to talk about how I didn't have a childhood and I was so scarred and all those things? Yeah, love the Ninja Turtles, and I will fight you to this day. At thirty-four years old, I will still fight you that that was the best cartoon. Yep, not even close. Yep, closest I ever came to breaking a bone before I turned the age of eight. Jumping off my grandmother's couch, <laughs> pretending to be Donatello. Donatello, really? Yeah, he had the stick. Really? I was the Michelangelo kid. Which is funny because if we were recasting this now, I would think you would be Donatello and I would be Michelangelo. Probably so. You'd be the wild, crazy one, and I would be the solid guy in the group. Yeah, that's kind of where I was headed with that. <laughs> I liked Michelangelo. Why? I have no idea. Because he ate all the pizza. Because that's all he ever thought about was pizza. Uh, as I watched that movie, the only thing I could think about was I would give 500 US dollars for a slice of pizza right now. <laughs> Lifestyle was, changes even, are fun. Aren't it was they? even CGI pizza, and I didn't care. It's like oh, that's you- computer enhanced pizza, and it still looks delicious. <laughs> Not a chance you were getting me to watch that movie. And I like Michael Bay movies. I like like the Transformer movies and all that. I'm I'm good with those. But there was no chance you were getting me to watch beefy Ninja Turtles that looked like I don't I, I can't even, I, their faces looked really really weird. I just you mean get like turtles? Like they did look um, like big turtles. Yeah, it was just something weird about them. Can't put my finger on it. There was something weird about big overgrown <laughs> human turtles that's their faces are what got you okay yeah all right a man that's watched every movie ever made about space bears and gold trash cans (laughs) and beeping vacuum cleaners i'm not saying the realism of the talking human turtle's face is what you are maddeningly inconsistent (laughs) if i could just be perfectly honest that's right uh john uh excuse me patrick holt 
He's a party dude. Yeah. He's a party dude. Like me. You ready to get weird? Yes. It's weird enough already. On the already. weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. All right, I, I got to go with this because I saw it before. It, it doesn't make sense to me, and I'm going to let you explain it. I'm going to let you explain it on the air so everybody else can have the same reaction here. Uh, so, oh, that should be good because I have no idea what you're about yeah, to say. Yeah, you do. So uh, revenge porn. You know what revenge porn is? I do. Yeah, people posting dirty pictures and videos of their exes online. Don't do crimes. No, don't do crimes. Don't do crimes at all. But Meta... Which is the new Stop, Facebook? No, 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 don't do that. Do not, do not give credence to that name. <laughs> if you give it credence, they will start calling it that. And I no, no. Facebook's parent company Meta has worked with the UK-based nonprofit Revenge Porn Helpline to build a tool that lets people prevent their intimate images from being uploaded to Facebook, Instagram, and other participating platforms without their consent. Now. This, as I understand it, is a program that if you have said materials somewhere, you have pictures, you have videos somewhere, you can send them pictures, naughty pictures of yourself, and then they will then mark those and turn them into, what do they call them, hashes, so that the algorithms and the computers will pick up on your images your dirty images and make sure that none of these posts ever stay basically somebody tries to post one of your pictures or your videos the hashes that they have created from your body image it's going to stop this from happening now it's not horrible idea it's actually a pretty good idea the only thing is i have a problem like i don't want people seeing those why would i voluntarily send those pictures to you like, is there a guy behind the computer that is getting all of the nudie pictures? And I'm not cool with that. There's a lot to unpack from this. Okay. First of all, yeah. as a show that is listened to by a lot of men, uh huh, just don't do it. Like, just say no to that. Yeah. It's a bad look. It's never been good for anybody. It's never worked for anybody. Okay? I'm fully convinced of that. Mm-hmm. It's never worked in the history of ever. Mm-hmm. That, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I had to get that out of the way first. Second of all, the fact that you think that the way this would work is that there's somebody at Facebook, and that's their job, and they're sitting here clicking through them, is everything that anybody <laughs> that listens to this show needs to know about why I do all of the computer things. 100%. Because that is not how that works at all. Okay. So I'm not done by an algorithm. So I'm not like emailing this to the company and somebody's opening the email and going, okay, now I have to create a hash out of this. Uh, Hold on. Let me just be really (laughs) honest with you. If you're wanting to use this service, and if you are, please don't tell me because I feel like that would ruin my ability to have fun for the rest of my life. But there's no if need you for are, make sure you use the app and don't send them to Steve at AOL.com. <laughs> All right? That will keep that from being a problem. Because if that is the address you're right. sending it to, right. now maybe you have a problem. Right. Do I not send this to stop revenge porn at uh, Google.com? At or? Hotmail.com. <laughs> if it ends in Hotmail, AOL, 
Uh, net zero. <laughs> Let's see. What else? MSN. Uh, MS, MSN. Yeah. Uh, I, I still to this day don't know what that is. Just don't do that. But. <laughs> it is a problem that needs a solution. Maybe this is the solution. It's just. As somebody who doesn't fully understand all the computer things, this really struck me of, wait, why am I going to give it over voluntarily? Like, there are leaks in in computer programs all the time. So what would stop somebody from being able to hack in and steal all of these images? And then put them back out. Is that not how it works? There are days... <laughs> that i want to ask you uh-huh. how do you survive like in this technological world like are you one of those people that that grabs your remote and goes television on <laughs> no they actually gave me a remote that will do that now and i refuse to do it so don't want the government knowing what i'm look what i'm watching <laughs> there are days <laughs> that i wonder how you survive in this world and I mean, I mean that legitimately. I don't, I don't trust that Alexa girl. She, there's something funky about her. You make my head hurt in a way <laughs> that can only be explained aggressively. Uh huh. That Alexa girl. You do. I I, I feel like I know the answer to this, but I have to ask this just to be sure. Uh huh. You do realize that's not an actual person, right? Wait, I thought that was like movie phone. Like, you just ask her to look up something, and there's a, somebody on the other side that's like, and, and okay, a, let me Google it. Hang on, you're too lazy to get off your couch. With virtually any other person I've ever met in my life, I would assume that you were screwing with me. With you, I cannot be so sure of that. <laughs> I am the oldest 39-year-old man on the planet. Ugh. It's not just go ahead and say it. This That's not is, how any of this works. This is the third separate time I have heard of a government coalescence to figure out what you watch on television in one day. Mm-hmm. In twenty four hours. Big brothers watching. Nobody cares how many office reruns you watch. <laughs> no one cares. It's only six or seven a month. I don't believe it over. Nah. <laughs> over under four and a half mayonnaise jars buried in your backyard full of change over <laughs> i was about to say you're not talking to a computer you're talking into a microphone so it's, yeah. it's better this we're way. going out on the interwebs this is streamed through a computer they're capturing everything i say and there's going to be people on my doorstep at some point Just move on. I, I t- the fact that there's people in our chat going, that's how voice activate, I'm well aware. Okay? Just, can we be, I mean, I don't know if this shows through when we do this show. I understand computer things pretty well. And that might be underselling that a bit. I got it. Yeah, somebody cares. It's uh, people that are trying to sell things to you. The government does not care. Still unsettling to me that I did that story the other day about established titles. Now it won't go away. 
established titles. Yeah. Remember that you could buy a piece of land out in Scotland and be oh, a yeah. lord or a lady. Now I see that ad everywhere. Yeah, that's because you're the first person <sighs> that ever clicked on it. So they went, just keep giving them to him. <laughs> He's the first one that's ever clicked on this. Right. Uh, uh, and it's it's just, it's so comical. You're not listening to what I'm saying. The chat keeps going, say something on your, look who you're talking to. Okay. I've run probably more targeted ads through Facebook than anybody you've ever met in your life. I used to do it for a living. I know exactly how that works. It's not the government. It's Amazon more than anything. I get what you're saying. You're just tying this to the wrong thing. I've heard this same argument three times today from three separate people. Have you really? Yes. I had no clue about that. You you were one, uh-huh. and I can't say the other two because people might know who they are. <laughs> and I, and you know, I, I just I, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. I didn't need a reason to drink today, but I am really glad that I have been given it. <sighs> Your story. Oh yeah, I, weird I, news. You went so yeah. long, I forgot that I hadn't given my own story. We went fourteen minutes going full tinfoil oh hat on your head, <laughs> government conspiracy, and I forgot I hadn't told the story. I was just waiting for you to do yours. When you were sitting there looking at me, I'm like, you do realize that you're the one that says things, and then I say ridiculousness, <laughs> and if this is how this works. <laughs> oh yeah, I have to tell one of these yeah, stories. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. New York City just had a mayoral election. (laughs) This story seems so uh, not important now that Tank has fully said that he wears a tinfoil hat. they hack into the mayoral election? I'm sure they did. Yeah. I'm sure they did. Alexa did it. The Board of Elections released its certified results on Tuesday evening. There were a litany of write-in votes, and many of them were sports-related. Carmelo Anthony... Derek Jeter. Nice. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's the next president. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Patrick Ewing. Tim Thomas. We don't know if it was the Bruins goalie or the former journeyman in the NBA. Don't know. I'm going to go with the the, the, the Bruins goalie. Uh, Will Smith. Assuming the actor, not the Dodgers catcher or the Braves pitcher. However, there were a couple in New York, a couple athletes in New York, they would theoretically have won the sports mayor- mayoral election. Okay. Would you care to take a guess at who they are? Um, now, just bear in mind, this is in New York. In New York. John Starks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me give you a hint, because that was actually pretty funny. Yeah, thank you. Somebody that has played in that state within the last, oh, I don't know, Quarter of a, mil- a century. I almost said millennium. Nice. Yeah, was it Zach Wilson? No, but I would have voted for Zach Wilson. Oh, I'm sure you would have. Aaron Judge. Okay. Uh, he had nine votes. He would have theoretically won, and Julius Randle had six. Ah, yes. Julius Randle. And this is just for I people that listen to our show. The Five of the nine votes for Aaron Judge came from Staten Island. Who's shocked? Nobody? Nobody. Okay, I didn't think so that's great people from new york just laughed at that everybody else went i don't get it yeah i'm not from new york but i spent enough time there write-in votes are fun we used to to get those reports in the newsroom 
when I was working at WWNC, and you could see all of the breakdowns Wait, of who you could got- see all the write-in votes. Yeah, you could see like who because they would give you a printout of like there were 38 votes cast for Woody Woodpecker and uh, you know, people just write oh, in stupid stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I was about to ask you a question and say, do you remember ever seeing Yosemite Sam? Oh, uh, yeah. That one got a bunch. Hi. <laughs> Did you really do that? Uh, 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 one time, a whole bunch of times. Nice. I actually wrote in Yosemite Sam for virtually everything on a ballot one time. Problem is, those votes don't ever count. Or at least they don't in the state of North Carolina. Then why do you they have give to me be, a write-in vote? You have to be a certified write-in candidate for your vote. If to you're count. a certified write-in candidate, why are you not on a stupid ballot? Because it's too. It's after the deadline. This, and okay, see, this things. is like okay, the last twenty minutes of my life have taken <laughs> this at is least broken your brain. No, it's taken at least four months of my life expectancy. Uh, like the good thing is, I know I wasn't scheduled to die within the next four months, or I would have already done it. Right. Because this is it has worn me out to that point. We can't have vax cards that are that are electronic because the government would get you. <laughs> the government's after your internet. It's just, oh, good lord! I need to go home and and. Oh boy. You know this day started with such promise. We were doing good things for for children. We were uh-huh. doing toys. Uh-huh. It was such a great morning. It's still a great and day. And then I walked in that door. And as soon as I walked in that door, <laughs> it has just seemingly been like. This is on the can, downward spiral. Can we make Jeremy drink at work? Like, how much do we have to push him before he physically cracks a beer in the studio? Speaking of doing good things for that children. Close. I've done that close. Yeah. Uh, be sure to make a stop by the Ingles on Smoky Park Highway uh, until 9 o'clock tonight, all day tomorrow, and then... In the morning and midday on Saturday for the Ingalls Magical Christmas Toy Drive, benefiting Evelyn Charity's St. Nicholas Project. We've got all the iHeart stations out there. Uh, Ingalls is obviously uh, hosting this whole thing. They are uh, the, the, the chief sponsor of the toy drive, and they have they have set up some amazing stuff. Like, usually, you know, we'd go down to Tunnel Road and we'd set up a couple of tents, and uh, it's way more than that now. They've got a stage set up in between the Planet Fitness and the Ingalls store there on Smoky Park Highway. They're going to be having live music. I think as we speak, there is uh, live music out there. I believe so. I know Joe, uh, let's see, Joe Lasher uh, Jr. and Caitlin Baker are playing right, tomorrow night. All right, so here is here is the schedule. I'll give you the, the, the event schedule for the Ingalls Magical Christmas Toy Drive benefiting Evelyn Charities St. Nicholas Project. So um, at 5 to 6.30 today, the big guy's going to be there. So take all your kids out to see uh, Santa in Santa's uh, Go Mini Workshop. And Crocodile Smile will take the stage at 7 o'clock. There will be music up until 9 o'clock tonight. Um, Tomorrow, you have music starting at 3 o'clock. Ricky Gunter is going to be on the stage from 3 to 4.30. Then you got some music in between. Carolers are going to show up at 6 o'clock. Joe Lasher and uh, Caitlin Baker are going to be out there performing from 7 to 8 you got more music until 9 o'clock. And then on Saturday, Lyric will play from 10.30 until 11.30. And then 12 to 1, it will be Joe Lasher and Caitlin Baker again performing uh, at the Ingalls Magical Christmas Toy Drive, benefiting Evelyn Charity's St. Nicholas Project. And here's the thing. There are so many other cool perks this year as well. Not only can you go by there and make a toy donation, but 
As usual, you can register to win gas or groceries for a year from Ingles. We'll do that drawing at the end of, or I think early next week, we're going to do that drawing. Then you can also get entered into a contest for uh, car washes for a year from Zips Car Wash. And you give the $10 donation, and they will give you a coupon for a $20 car wash. That's a pretty good deal. This is basic capitalism. And they had cupcake gift certificates they were giving out today from a la cupcakes. So there's just all the free stuff. It's all the wins. You're going to Ingles anyway. Low prices, love the savings. You're going to pick up your groceries anyway. Right. Just bring a toy. Help out. Right. Get all the free things. And Jeremy will be out there at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. I will be out there at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. And, I will be uh, there in much less coat than I was today. Uh, 8 o'clock is still going to be cold, don't so you care. might want to wear one. Yeah, I don't care. He'll be out there by in the his the shorts day, and his flip-flops. By the Oh, 100% away. <laughs> yeah, by the time that uh, we left today, I swear to you, I was I, I had regretted every clothing decision I had made for the entire day. He wore his Denver Nuggets uh, sweater all day in the sun yep in the studio start to stink so i think we gotta take a break and you know you need to go air out outside or something we'll be right back here on espn Asheville. at ingles we're proud to partner with so many athletics organizations to bring you the very best of everything sports have to offer and we're also proud to bring so many great game day options to you crazy fans out there like the best meat in town, crisp, fresh produce, ice-cold beverages, and more. Whether you're loading up for that road trip or preparing for the homestand, we've got you covered. Ingles. Low prices. Love the savings. The Sportsocracy. That is some good, clean family fun there, eh, God? Right you are. It is ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. You are in the sportsocracy where, you know, sometimes we do talk sports, but we like to make fun of each other more. Uh, making each other, making fun of each other is markedly easier. <laughs> By the way, three of the recruits yeah. that have decommitted from Oklahoma since Lincoln Riley left mm-hmm. have now committed with USC. Who's shocked? And let me guess, they're all the five stars that he had recruited from sure Southern California. Are. Of course they sure are. are. You knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. The yeah. arms race in college football has amped up to another level. Yeah. And he he's one of the one of those that got a boatload of money to do so. Do you think that that's going to lift the boats? that that tide of money is going to lift the boats for NFL coaches as well from college. Yeah. No, really? No, you're having to do this. And this is okay. I'm going to say something about the two programs that have done this Mm -hmm. because I've been asked this question a bunch of times. Here's what nobody wants to talk about with USC and LSU. They gave a bajillion dollars, you know, 95 million to Brian Kelly over a hundred million to Lincoln Riley. Mm -hmm. Do you know why? Because they had to. Because neither one of these were super alluring jobs right this second. USC, because you haven't been good. Clay Helton, you left Clay Helton in the job for so long, he couldn't recruit. Right. Brian Kelly takes over a roster that is incredibly talented. Edwards are on recruited well. The problem is that there's no stability. He won a national title 
23 months ago. Mm-hmm. He's unemployed now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys, as I told you on this show, this was going to be a problem. That was a problem. It was the reason Lincoln Riley backed out of a commitment with, with LSU and went to USC. Lincoln Riley was so far down the rabbit hole with LSU that they were ordering food for the, the banquet where they announced him. Right. That's how far he got with LSU. Right. And what was it that the LSU or the LSU execs or administration found out on Twitter that he was taking the USC job? Yeah. They thought he was coming there. And I got news for you. Oklahoma has two options. You're either going to open up the purse strings and cut a stupid check or you're going to wind up with someone like Brent Venables and five years from now, you're going to be borderline irrelevant. Right. Your choice. It's up to you. You can go get the big name, the name right now, Lane Kevin, or you'll be irrelevant in a few years. Mm -hmm. The choice is yours. We're expecting a big beat down on Thursday night football tonight. Of course, we will, uh, we will discuss what happens with you coming up tomorrow right here on espn Asheville at three o'clock don't forget to join us every weekday morning at 10 a.m as well just on the youtube channel check us out at the sportsocracy.com